Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. Uh, today we're continuing uh, our journey on parenting questions. Um, and the question is, as parents, how do we raise our children so that when they leave our home, they've internalized our core values and are ready to function on their own as mature adults? That's a fantastic question. Justin, and it's one that um, my wife and I enjoy talking about, but we would preface uh, our statements, and I'm in a sense, with her consent, speaking on our behalf. This, this is a, a shared value that we have as father and mother to our sons, and so we thank you for considering it, thank you for listening, uh, it's going to be a little different, perhaps, from what you've heard, but I hope that won't create prejudice in your minds in spite of the newness. Uh, I have noticed with teaching as a high schooler, uh, high, being a high school teacher for some years, and then watching families and watching kids, that often what happens as children grow older in the home and become teenagers that parents slap on additional rules. And the older they become and the more rambunctious they become, the more rules are added in the hope of controlling the behavior and the conduct of that child. So if the child is 14 and he has rules by the time he's 15 or 16, now we have more rules. And by the time he's 17, there is a long, long list of rules of do this and don't do this. And when those kids then graduated from high school and left home, went off to college, there was no more rules. The rules had always been external to them, governing their conduct from an external point of view, from parents, from teachers, from church pastors. But then when they got to college, none of those people are around anymore. And the rules external as they were had no bearing on them and they went wild it was as if those rules had not done a bit of good to actually change and to shape the character of those young men and young women you would never have known that they had at one time confessed Christ and and promised to follow him all the days of their lives their lives looked no different from pagans their lives looked no different from the worst child that you could imagine. What happened? That's, that's what I saw happening over and over and over again. And I, too, came from a culture, a Christian culture, where rules were the order of the day. People imagined, incorrectly, that rules change one's character, that 
The more rules we have, the better Christian that we become. And of course, that's false theology, totally false doctrine. It makes no sense. All we have to do is understand the role of the law in the life of Israel and the role of how Paul described the law in the book of Galatians to realize that that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. The more rules your child have, it's almost a guarantee the worse they will become. So as I thought about what it meant to be a parent and what it meant to be a father to three lively, rambunctious, active, smart young men, I thought, I think the Bible holds the pattern or the template for the role of rules. And let me read from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, where he discusses the role of rules in the life of Israel. And when I say the role of rules, I'm referring to the law of Moses, 613 commandments. Galatians 3.23, before this faith came, we, as Jews, were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So, looking back at his statement, Paul in 24 says, so the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be declared righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, that is the faith that is consummated in Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Once again, the law held us prisoner, locked us up until faith came, trust came. And so it was designed to lead us to Christ so that we would be declared righteous in the sight of God by faith. But now that faith has come, we're free. The law no longer has charge over us, the Mosaic law. From that, we decided to try to follow that pattern. And so for the ages of 0 to about 11 or 12, we implemented in the life of our sons rules. Some of those rules, for example, were you don't lie. You don't lie to each other. You don't lie to your parents. You don't lie to your teachers and your friends. There was no tolerance for lying. There was no tolerance for disrespect or stealing. Not that that was ever a problem, but there was no tolerance for disrespect for us toward each other, cruelty, meanness, bitterness, anger. There was no tolerance for those acts which defaced another human being, which robbed them of their dignity and their humanity. So we uh, enforced those laws and enforced them in a sort of a black and white way, strictly. And when there were violations, there was consequences for violations of those rules. Again, uh, this is why they were young. This is why they were under the supervision of our family, our home, under our roof. But we knew that law does not create character. Law can govern conduct for a period of time, 
but we knew that one day they'd be gone. One day there'd be no more rule keepers around the house. <laughs> there was, there'd be no policemen on the roads anymore. Um, so how do we then internalize the values that we had so that when they left home, they didn't need any more rules. They would be self-governed, governed by internal values. How do you do that? How do you go about doing that? Now, we didn't have a book to read. There was no book written that we knew of other than what we found in Scripture. So we um, made a decision to watch our sons develop and watch them mature. And part of that development is for them to watch us, is to watch us as their examples. For example, how does dad treat their mother? How does dad treat his wife? How does dad treat other people, neighbors, the people who live down the street, but also the people that we meet on the way somewhere. Those become our neighbors for those few minutes that we see them. How does mom go about responding to dad? How do they treat each other? Is it with love and kindness and courtesy? Is it with forgiveness? Is it with humility? Uh, do we do we are we raised in a home where there is gossip about people and constant criticism? Is there pride? You know, what are the kids saying? What are they watching? And uh, we made it our intention to always provide, if possible, with obviously room for our humanity and our mistakes, to provide a good example that they could gauge their own lives by and how we treated God, how important God was to us, how important the scriptures were to us, and how we lived out those principles. So they had an example to watch and we studied them we observed them and their response to living in our home and there came a time when they started to become men during the years of their puberty for every child it would be at a different age for some it was as early as 12 for some it was 13 for another it would be maybe a little bit later on because people kind of develop at different stages, at different times in their life. And when we saw that a young man, our sons, was now responding out of love rather than law, that they were responding to us and responding to God on the basis of love rather than law, rather than rules, we thought it would be time to make a change in how we related to them and how they related to us. And so we put a date on the calendar whereby they, the son, would pass what we would call into manhood. Now, before we talk about what that consisted of and then what happened afterwards, there's an important principle to keep in mind. From the ages of zero to about 12 or 11 or 13, we almost had 100% control, but very little influence. Think of an X. Think of the big letter X. On the one hand, at zero, at the age of zero, when they're first born, we have total control. But as they grow older, year by year, our control lessens lessens and diminishes but at the same time while the control is lessening 
the influence is gaining. The influence is growing. Our influence over them, our influence over their decisions continues to grow based on our example, based on our instruction, based on how we parent them and live our lives before them. And there comes a point in time in every child's life where there is virtually no control but total influence. And we chose the time in their life where the influence was strongest and the control was weak to put an X on the calendar and to say at this point we are going to now treat, starting, start treating you as a young adult. You will still live in our home, yes. Uh, you will be, you know, in the early years of your high school days. But we are going to start dropping away the rules that have governed your life. And we are going to then watch you live out your life in front of us without rules. For example, you now set your own bedtime. You now are on your own to do your own homework. We're not going to be asking about your homework. If you fail to do your homework, it is you who will suffer. It is you who will suffer in terms of having to spend all night doing on a paper or failing a test and not meeting the standard that you yourself want to achieve. So those kinds of rules dropped off. They were now on their own to do their homework, uh, get things done on time, their housework, their yard work, their car work. They were on their own to do that. And it gave us a chance to evaluate them long before they left the house. A chance to evaluate, are they messing up their life? Are they going astray? Are they living their lives based on the values that we have inculcated and that they have developed internally? Or do there need to be some adjustments? Did we do it too early? Did we give them their freedom and their adulthood too early? And so it was a bit scary. It was a bit scary on our part to let, say, a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old now begin to live as a young adult, fully responsible for his own decisions and no longer hearing about what they had to do or not do uh, based on what we said to them. So think again about the X. In the early years, total control, no influence. But at that X, that time when we said you're passing into manhood, you're now an adult, we're going to treat you as an adult, then it becomes influence. What kind of influence are you having on your daughter and on your son? And so when they leave for college, you've had a chance to evaluate whether your values have become their values. You have a chance to see if their values are internalized rather than going off to college and now having no rules. They haven't had rules for a period of time. Those rules have been gone for a period of years, and you've had a chance as a parent to evaluate. Okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> Is their life falling apart? Are they going crazy? Are they flunking out? Are they irresponsible? Or are they operating out of love? their love for God and their love for their neighbor and their love for us. I mentioned the, the fact that it was somewhat scary. Well, it is, because now uh, you are no longer 
with your hand on the rudder of the boat. <laughs> now they have their hand on the rudder or of the wheel of their boat or of the plane or of the car. And if they crash, it's their responsibility. If they sink the boat, it's their responsibility. But it gives you a chance to uh, correct some mistakes and to help them and guide them in perhaps uh, choosing another course of life, another decision, the next time they come up with a problem. And just in hindsight, um, if we had the chance to do it over again, we would. And I'm not saying that we would simply repeat everything that we uh, implemented during those years, but we have found that today our relationship with our sons, they're all adults, is a relationship now based on trust. It's a relationship that's based on good communication, the free interchange of ideas. Uh, we meet together once, once a week as a family through um, Zoom. I think it's called Zoom. And it's the highlight of our week. We met yesterday. We'll meet again next Saturday as well. So it, it just bodes well for good communication, healthy communication, respecting one another as adults. And it, it from our perspective, their, their favorite time to go visit somebody is when they come and they get to visit us and spend time with us. And it's always a happy time. It's not full of drama and theatrics and problems. Uh, we thought that if we gave them adulthood earlier in life than normal and gave them a chance to live their own lives on their own but within sight of us, it would establish a more of an adult-adult relationship in our later years. And that's kind of panned out. Um, yeah, we made plenty of mistakes. All you have to do is ask them about the mistakes that were made. <laughs> we were doing it for the first time. We didn't really have a model to follow, but it was something that I thought was lived out in Scripture. The children of Israel were prisoners under rules until Christ came. And after Christ, the law no longer was holding them locked up. Faith has come. So uh, we, th we call it the X <laughs> where you have total control eventually replaced by total influence. Now, I've raised a host of questions, I'm sure. Feel free to send in your questions on this subject, even though I make no guarantees that I can answer them. <laughs> We're rookies at this job. Uh, we made many mistakes, as I said, but it's one thing perhaps for you to consider as you yourself Think about raising those kids that God has given you as precious gifts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being interested. And we'll look forward to the next episode where we look at some Bible questions. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us this episode. And remember to send all your questions to questions for Pastor Tim at gmail.com.